welcome to the Skeptic and the Mystic podcast. Your hosts, Heather and Deb, will dive into a little bit of the mystical, some of the spiritual, quite a lot of the unconventional, and we'll do it all with a healthy dose of skepticism. So if you know that you're holding yourself back, there are places in your life where you could be doing more of what you want to do. Tune in, stick with us. We'll help you move past some of that skepticism and disbelief and open yourself up to some new ideas and ways to begin living the life that you truly want starting today. Hello, everybody. It is Heather and Deb, the skeptic and the mystic. And it's been a while since we've been on here. So we've had a little summer break, traveling schedules. You know, Deb is in Arizona. I'm in North Carolina. Time zone sometimes it just makes it a little bit more challenging. But we are here. We are back. And there's been a bunch happening since yeah. we last met in May. <laughs> Let's just take a brief moment to appreciate how nice it's been to travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's yeah. been good. Um, yeah, I went a few different places since we last chatted. So it's yeah. been nice to get out and interact with the human race. Right? Yeah, I forgot. I went to the Bahamas. I haven't. I totally forgot about that. Right? Um, That's how long it's been. It <laughs> you just went to the Bahamas. I just went to the Bahamas. I just swam with wild dolphins. It just yeah. was a Gosh. Yeah. Uh, I feel about that. And well, you know, we were planning on this, but I'll, I haven't seen you to tell you that um, I'm going to be going back next September and planning a workshop to do. So if anybody's ever wanted to swim with wild dolphins and you would like to work on your relationship with money and abundance, come join me. I will be sharing the information as time, you know, as we get, not, I'll, I'll give you plenty of time to plan, but I'll, you know, yeah. but I'm super excited because swimming with the dolphins was magical yeah sure. after i got the sickness <laughs> it was magical yeah. so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so you've been to maine you've been i went to mexico i went to maine i went to texas um i've gone to a few different just you know little road trips from where i live i've, mm-hmm. I've been all over i'm going to the northwest in a couple weeks so I'm getting out there. <laughs> some of it just to be with nature and some of it for social stuff. So yeah. Where in the Northwest are you going? Um, well, into Portland and then to I think the city's called Stevenson, just a cabin in the woods and kind of just gonna take take in some nature and not much else. Like it's pretty remote. So yeah. it has internet that's access, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's good because I hear Portland's a little crazy. I don't know if I'd want to go there right now. Yeah, well, I'm not really going to be hanging out too much in the actual city of Portland, but I don't know if it's, I mean, yeah, yeah who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. So we've been traveling. Well, Deb's been traveling. I had that one trip. Oh, and I went to the Florida too. I did. Okay. I'm on um, <laughs> and I'm going to Florida again in a couple of weeks. And Deb has had, Deb has had some things that have, is what we're going to talk about today, which is the joy of grief, which I know sounds completely uh, like oxymoron. It's like oxymoronic. <laughs> is, is that the right word? That's what I was looking for, but <laughs> so it sounds like it's an oxymoron. Um, and when you when when we really think about it, it, it is not at all, right? Because grief grief is something that that you will experience as a human. And many of us have experienced a lot over this past year. Not only, you know, if, whether you've had a, a relative that has, you know, has their, their body was unable to to fight everything that's gone on in this past year. Um, but then, you know, for me, like just mourning the loss of, of life as we knew it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a that's a big one that gets overlooked sometimes is, yeah. Yeah, mourning your social life, mourning things that you didn't realize how much you appreciated. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know for me, my whole, like in so many ways, so much of my social life is so totally different. I don't do Ariel anymore. Like that, you know, I miss. But, but, and so this is where, where we get to why the joy of grief. And I'm, I'm going to, 
just kind of segue this to you because you said something you know, before we started that was like, oh, yeah, this is this is why I'm grieving. So you just want to jump in and share, you know, what's been going on with you that's had you in a state of grief and yeah. when you got to that, you know, aha about yeah. you know, grief. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the first things and probably the biggest, my dad passed away actually last December. So that's been a, a while now, um, but definitely was sudden and unexpected. Obviously he was older, had some health issues, but you know, it kind of happened in a, you know at a time that we weren't really prepared for. Um, but we ha didn't have his service until June. He passed away in December. We had the service this past June. That's why I ended up going back to Maine. Um, which due to COVID and, you know, variety of reasons we delayed the service. Um, and that was interesting because having the service six months later, you know, I delivered the eulogy and I do remember kind of realizing I never, I didn't cry through that whole experience. And, and not that I thought that was weird because we had all had so much time to kind of learn to be without him that it really did feel like a celebration of life and like, being with my family and telling just funny stories and, you know, hearing that stuff, it was kind of nice. But then I came home from that trip and a few days later had a very, very minor incident at work that was frustrating to me. And my reaction to frustration is oftentimes to cry. And, um, you know, just a couple tears rolled out and I ended that call with that person and just started bawling and bawled for about five hours to the point where I was like, this is definitely not about <laughs> what started it. There was a lot bottled up and I just had to like have a little valve released. Um, but then we'll fast forward to more where I kind of had this epiphany because just this past week, um, I had a very sudden and unexpected felt traumatic loss of a pet. He passed away right in my arms. Um, you know, just woke up in the morning and, and I was like, something's off with this little girl and by 1 30 she had passed in my arms um and i it was a rabbit we i have four well had four rabbits we have three more um so you know they i had to watch them grieve losing one of their partners it just it was it was terrible um and then my daughter and i the next morning took her body to be cremated and it's i don't know if you, i'm sure most people have had this experience i guess if you've ever done this with your pets but it's like a little funeral home for your pets you get the little room and they show you what your options are and you pick your things and then they let you sit there and kind of have a moment to say your last goodbyes to your little pet's body. And we were driving home from that and I, you know, I was just like, my daughter's sad and I'm sad and we're both kind of quiet. And I just, you know, my heart was heavy and kind of breaking and I was thinking about it as I'm driving. And I'm like, you know, the only way that I'm even here able to feel this much pain about losing this pet and you know it's compounded by losing my dad um is because i i knew the love of having that pet i knew the love of having a very caring father so i when that thought occurred to me there was like a little bit of a click and you know i i still felt sad i still felt the heartache and the pain but in a way, I felt this like enormous gratitude for it, which sounds, it does sound really cheesy. I know when you say it to some people, they're like, uh-huh. But it really was such a perspective shift that that grief just, it didn't feel the heaviness anymore. It still felt sad. It feels like a loss, but it feels like a little bit of lightness and you can you can recognize the gratitude for having had the um you know the the opposite of that right you don't you wouldn't know the sadness unless you had the joy yeah yeah i mean because and that's it's such a big aha and you had the space to be able to get there right you're like you've done so much work on yourself you've done so much energy clearing you know that you can see the wisdom you know in that and, and be able to come like have that bit of wisdom rise to the surface right because when we're so, when we have so many emotions trapped inside of us and stuck inside, we just swirl in those emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Now you have access to a higher set of emotions to say, oh my gosh, wait a minute. Like, yeah, I can experience grief. And right, it, because of that contrast, right, it, it's not the end. And it's like, I can experience. And I'm going to experience it again, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
And yeah. also I just live in a, in a, my, my mindset, my paradigm for my reason for being here on this planet is that I came here to have real human experiences. So when something sucks or doesn't go my way, I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, I came here to have that lesson or whatever it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's, I love that. There's so many people who just think like, I, yeah, I just want to be happy all the time. My life should be happy. You know, everything should be good. And if things are going bad, like that's wrong and it shouldn't be like that. But in reality, like you said, life is all about experiencing all of the different emotions. And right. I, you know, you and I have talked about this when we work together. I talk about this. I feel like I say this all the time. It's never our emotions that are the problem. It's never our emotions that cause us to struggle. It's our belief about the emotion. Mm -hmm. so like the primary feeling like grief. And then it's like, I shouldn't be feeling this, right? Because this person or this animal should still, should still be here. Like we should all over ourselves. Mm -hmm. Instead, I feel grief because I loved so much. Yes. Right? It's a completely different story. And when we, when we can, our story about our emotions is empowering, we're going to have a completely different experience. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I remember it, it was so silly. Like, it, I feel silly saying it because I was not the, I was the animal person who was like, oh, come on, it's just an animal. Like, you know, you used to be like that. But when I dropped, I looked out because Charlie's down at my feet. When I dropped him off for training to go away for training for 10 days, he told you this. I thought, oh, I'll drop him off and then I'll have the rest of the day to get stuff done. I did nothing that day except <laughs> sob in my bed. And I was just dropping him off at training. I sobbed as if the most beloved person in my life had passed away. And I'm yeah. like, I'm going to see him in 10 days. But like, oh, like I was sucker punched and I didn't, and I was like, how? How can I be this sad? It's like, oh my gosh, because I love so much. Like I love this little dog so much that we, yeah. this is immense. And when I think about losing him, I think I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, two things. One, when you get a pet, you kind of know that, you know, we don't think about it when we get the pet, but we all know there's a 99% chance mm -hmm. you're not outliving. I mean, yeah, that you're outliving your pet. Um, but um the other thing, it's funny because you're saying you weren't a pet person because I you know, had pets as a kid and I had a cat, you know, when my daughter was born, but that was just a cat that I had for like 17 years. And then she turned super cranky when my daughter was born. And once I got divorced, I literally never got pets and, and my job required all this travel, blah, blah, blah. Like I just was kind of anti-pets for a variety of reasons. Um, and we just got these rabbits when COVID started. So we only had, we've had them for a year and a half. And I don't know how old the one that passed was because she was a rescue, but, um, I think there is, and I know this is, you know, more anecdotal for me and my experience that, um, you know, I've, I've, I still carry a little bit of relationship wounding. So I'm guarded in, in particularly romantic relationships, um, you know, just like not really always fully opening, but there's something that has pets, like having these animals and allowing myself to love them has cracked me open. And, I, and in a way that I'm more open to people, I'm more open to a lot of things, but I think there's something so powerful with animals because they don't really ask you for anything in return. They really just unconditionally love you. And it's not, I mean, it's very rare to have that kind of relationship with a human being, right? Like we all would love to practice unconditional love, but it's a right. practice. Pets and animals, they don't have to practice it. They just do. They just do, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and when our heart gets open to that, right, then then it just means that you're going to have a greater level of of grief, right? Mm -hmm. Like when when you think about when there's no grief, like if if you were in a relationship and the relationship ended and there was no grief, right? It's because there was no joy, there was no connection, there was no love in that relationship. You know, it's just like okay, bye, right? Like yeah. The only time there's grief is when there's joy and happiness and relation and that person, that thing, you know, contributed so much to your life. Right. And that's what I have to carry forward to. Like you, you don't lose that. That's all still there. Right. All mm -hmm. that connection, all that. And, you know, I, I like to believe that, you know, in particular, my dad, that humans, you know, the spirit carries on like he's still here. He's with me. I think that even with the pets, like I'm like, she's, she lived in this house. Her fur is still around here. Like her little, 
you know, her little spirit is still here. Yeah. But the other analogy I think is interesting when you talk about emotions and the experiences, like nobody wants to watch a movie where all they do is walk around and be happy all the time. Right. It's not, that's not what we signed up to, to do. Right. Like we paid our money to go to the theater and have be taken through an emotional ride. Right. There's a reason we like that kind of entertainment. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like, I know people right now who probably are not watching this because I know what they're going through that are going through a lot of grief, just lost people that they loved, you know? And, you know, they said everybody's in some way grieving something, you know, is over this past year. And when, when we allow ourselves to feel those feelings, and this is where like the loop part comes in, right? But when we allow ourselves to just say, oh, I'm feeling grief right now, and it's okay. Like it's normal for me to feel grief, right? Because yes. I lost something that I loved and cared for. And you're going to have a very different experience than if it's like, oh, no, I can't feel these feelings. And we often think that when we are going, we think that if we feel our feelings that we're going to die. Right. Like, yeah, like, that's probably your primal brain. It's interesting because um, I'm going to throw somebody under the bus, but he definitely doesn't listen to this anyway. Because um, <laughs> my, my daughter's dad um, always likes to remind us that he's, you know, psychotherapist. And this happened on a Thursday. I was willing to let her have Friday off from school. She had just started school on Mondays, first week of school. And I was like, she just lost like a really dear pet. Like I... I, you know, and I wanted her to come with me to the little um, cremation place. And he was adamant that she needed to go to school. And he kept saying, you need to go to school, that it'll be better for you to have a distraction. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like your like traditional therapy teaching is distract yourself from your feelings. Right. I just thought, but also, I, I mean, I don't know. I, like I said, I'm, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. And if he does, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think he just puts a lot of importance on school. That's how I tried to make myself be like, okay, but also she's, this is a life experience that she needs to have versus missing two classes at school yeah. in seventh yeah. grade, you know? Yeah. And, well, and you think about, there's one thing that I love and admire about the Jewish culture is that there's rituals that you don't see in many other cultures, right? Well, I'm sure you do. I just don't. I don't know about it. So, yeah. but that, like, having the time to sit shiva, right, and and like just mourn, like, hey, this time is a time that we're going to mourn. Gosh, that is so invaluable. But you know, and, and making it okay, you know, yeah. I think we do have a society that doesn't make it okay. Like, dust yourself off, keep going. There's work to be done, right? You know, and yeah, I mean. I definitely took my time to, and, and I've learned, I think part of that was work we had to do early on. You had to like force me to cry about stuff because I didn't want to cry. But like yeah. now I'm just like, frick, if, if I want to cry, like, you know, in, at that level, like I just, I mean, I don't know how many times I broke down on Thursday just trying to deal with the whole situation and just, you know, and then it did. It brought up things about my dad and I'm like, I'm just going to cry. Like it's such a release valve. It's literally cleansing. Literally, I, I know I say it all the time it's an orgasm of the soul. Yeah. Like if you have an orgasm back when you're having sex, like that is the worst feeling in the world, right? Like it is a release of so much tension. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Your 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 body, like your soul is orgasming. It's just releasing. Mm -hmm. oh, and we so need it. And and I mean, this is a whole other topic, which I don't really want to go down. But I like one of the things that drives me nuts within our culture is you know, somebody passes away and it's like, like you said, let's just go, you know, get back in it. But the, um, the thought for women, when women are pregnant of like, don't tell anybody until after the second, until you get into the second trimester, just in case you lose the baby. And I'm like, because you need to do that in private. Right. <laughs> I'm always like, no, you tell people at like right away. So ink, like if God forbid you do, that you have a support system to help you mourn because mourning the loss of a child, whatever stage it is, is horrific. Like it is not a fun, easy thing. No, and I can't imagine. I actually have not had to do it. So I, I can't fathom. 
Yeah. yeah. And it's, it is so, there's so many things involved and especially like whether it's a miscarriage or an abortion, like planned or unplanned, like, I mean, and I know we're going down the whole, I don't have to go down this other road, but like, right. there's so much grief and to do it alone. If you, if you don't allow yourself to be supported and cared for those emotions, just build up and build up. And literally like they get trapped inside of your body and see these balls of energy just get stuck inside. And if you think about a river that just has these like sticks that just get thrown into the river and it just gets dammed up and dammed up and dammed up, that's what happens energetically with us. Mm-hmm. And then like, I don't understand why I'm so closed off. Well, right. right. Because some of it, we've been told to be that way. Right. But I know everybody that I work with, they're always like, I just want to be able to feel my feelings. Right? And then we clear their heart wall. And then they start to be like, gosh, I'm feeling things I never felt before. And they're like, but this is good. <laughs> you know, they mean, you're crying all the time now, but this is good because I didn't feel this way. Right? But we, we cannot experience a full, rich life if we don't experience the joy of grief. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, wow, I'm grieving because I love so much. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to I know. I know. Yeah. I, and you know, when I was younger, we had two cats, and one of them I was really connected to. And I, like at that point, it was always like, oh, whatever, it's just an animal. But when when she was really old and my mom was like, we were going to put her down, I literally cried for four hours straight. (laughs) It was like, who am I? Like, you know, and then I shut that part down again, you know, until I got Charlie. And, and, I, and I, I think the reason why it took me so long to get a pet was because I know how deeply I feel. Right. And, you know, I know how much I love. So I knew that I would grieve just as much. Right. But that's what being human is about is having emotions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about doing some energy work just to see if there's anything that needs to be cleared out as far as the grief. I'm still open to doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So for anybody, if you're watching for the first time, the type of energy that work that it, that we do is called the body code. And the body code is the belief that there's six different things that cause imbalances in the body. It could be energetic. It can be within your circuits and systems. It can be toxins. It could be pathogens, misalignments, or nutrition and lifestyle. So, and the idea is, and I'll show you first. So there's this, um, app. Um, it's basically like a mind, oops, a mind, mind, mind app. And I got a text coming through. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so using muscle testing. So let me talk briefly about muscle testing. Cause I know if you're hearing this for the first time, you're like, what the heck is that wackadoo crap? And I totally get it. Right? So the easiest way to think of muscle testing is think about walking into a room where when you walk in, it's completely serene and peaceful, and it's all the colors that you love and all smells that make you feel at peace, right? Think about what your body does. just goes and relaxes. You didn't have to tell your body to relax. It just did. Your muscles, muscles just, they, they just calm down. On the contrary, you walk into a room that's dark and dingy and there's cobwebs everywhere and there's creaks like just happened here. And there's like, it just feels just uh, really scary and gross, right? Your body just tenses up and you're like, oh, what's going on, right? That your body, again, you didn't have to tell it, hey, tighten up, contract. It just did, right? So you can your body always has the answers. Like the answers aren't in your mind, they're in your body. And so with muscle testing, the way that I do it when I work on people and Deb, I don't know if you do this, the same method, but I do what's called a ring and ring method. And that is essentially, I take my um, pointer and finger and thumb and I put them in rings. And the idea is that if I say my name is Heather, I can't, I can't break them apart because my body is like, yes, my name is Heather. Right? But if I say, my name is Deb, I can easily pull them apart. And I know some people are like, oh, well, you're just pulling them apart. I get it. <laughs> I've you know, I actually do it with this. I just do the yeah. fingers. Uh, yeah. So, so there's, yeah, there's there's different ways to do it. And this way, what, what Deb was talking about is if you say the word yes, 
right? You roll your finger around. Almost, I would say, like, if you're rolling a boogie in your finger, because let's be real, like, everybody's ruined it for me. (laughs) (laughs) I've never visualized it that way. So if that hint works for someone else, I'm going to dismiss it. (laughs) But it's just, you're just rolling your finger like that. And if it's a yes, it's going to be smooth and even, and you can roll your finger around. But if if the answer is a no, it's going to be, like, kind of, like, skips. Oh, for me, it's, like, or when I get no's, they are like, I can't move it at all. It's crazy. It's weird. Yes. Yeah. 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 So again, totally get that. It sounds kind of wacky. Absolutely get it. I will say this, this one story. Um, my nephew years ago, we were waiting for his dad to come out and he's like, Auntie Heather, tell me a story. And I was like, Oh, you want me to teach you muscle testing? He's like, yeah, sure. So he was about eight, I think at the time. And they, they fed their kids really well. And they, so these are kids that know how to identify fruits and vegetables, um, but they're also kids. And so Sebastian was on this like sugar kick and he was like, I'm teaching him muscle testing. So I would have him hold his arm out and put this way. And then I would press down like right above the, the um, wrist area. And he'd say, my name is Sebastian. And his arm, like I couldn't press his arm down. And then he said like, you know, my, my name is Steve. His arm just goes weak because his body's like, no, that's not my name. So I, I had him put his arm out and I said, say sugar is good for me. And he's like, sugar is good for me. And I and his arm went like weak. And he's like, no, do it again, do it again. And he kept <laughs> crying and his arm just kept going weak. He's like, no. So, I mean, even the little kid, like can't fight the muscle testing. And as much as if you're like, no, you know, like you can tell right. what you're like, hold it up. But I get yeah. that it sounds wackadoo, but we all know that our bodies respond without us even telling us, right? So. The idea is, is that when when doing energy work on somebody to release something like like grief, trying to open up the phone to get the like grief, we're going to I'm just going to muscle test and see where the misalignment is. And so this um, this whole process here, it's like I'm just going to ask, is it something that needs to be released on left side, right side? And I'm just going to keep narrowing down until we get to where it is. So do I have permission to connect to your energy? Yes. Okay. So, so now I can say my name is Deb and I get a salad because I'm working on her behalf. And, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, I cannot work on you when I don't have your permission because I have better things to do with my life than to go around working energetically on people that, I, that haven't given me permission. Like, yeah. it just, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I actually, when I do, I have like a prayer that I came up with on my own that I do just to make sure that like, I don't know, for me personally, like, yes, I have to ask for permission. And then I have to like, ask this, like, higher powers permission. Because <laughs> that's just how I like to operate. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. I don't do that. And I just don't even realize that I do it. You know, just like, yeah. okay, I'm just going to go fast. Yeah. So, so I'm going to, um, because I am a note taker. So I'm just going to write, write stuff down as I go. I'm usually like writing stuff on my computer, but okay. Um, on a scale for you, like um, if we just if we just look at like the energetic charge of grief in your body, does that feel like a good place to start, or does it feel like is there something different? Um, we can, yeah. I mean, I think that's good because yeah, I, I'd be curious to see what answer you get because um, just I think I said it before we started recording, but. Um, I've been noticing today, and I am pretty like in, in tune with my body sensations kind of thing. Cause you know, initially that grief feels like it's in your heart space. And today it's been more in my solar plexus feels like, this, it feels like sadness in my belly, not in my heart now. Mm. So I, I, I don't know, I don't have a, you know, like I've been working, so I haven't been trying too hard to assess what that could mean or anything. So I'd be curious to see what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and everybody that does energy work, body code, you know, body code has a different way of, you know, going through and clearing out stuff. So, <laughs> so I'm just going to ask, what's the energetic charge of grief in the body? So I need to zero, one, two. So I got a seven, and so I'm just like operating on a scale of zero to ten. So okay. seven to ten. Um, so I then always ask if it's if it's yours, if it's inherited or absorbed, because sometimes we have emotions 
And we have money blocks. We have blocks about our body, our deservingness. It can be somebody else's, right? So, so this is this is yours. And do we need to know? I was asked if we need to know the origin of it. No, because oftentimes, well, like right now, you're aware of what the origin is of it. So then I ask. This is something that I always ask: is um, how safe does the body feel to release this? The reason why I do that is because when we experience trauma and grief is a trauma that if we don't feel safe to release it because that holding that on to that is doing something for us it's helping us feel safe if we don't feel like it's safe to release it well we're not going to want to it's going to be really hard to release it so i'm going to ask how safe it is to release it on a scale of zero to ten so is it, is it zero one two three Okay, so it's an eight out of ten of safety, which is good. So because we wanted to be a ten out of ten, so I'm just going to ask okay. what do we need to release. What do we need to release so that it can feel a ten out of ten of safety? So, and I'm just following. And I, sorry, I can't show you this on the computer just because it's too too much. But go in. So it takes us then to, um, or into, as you can see, but into brain brain glands. Um, and in the amygdala, and there is my emotional chart. Pull us down. There is trapped emotion in the amygdala. I usually have my chart right. Do you know you got it's right in the app? Oh, you it's know what? Yeah, yeah, you go go to the little squares down here. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. I yeah, it's so funny because and maybe I, you can like blow them up when you find the God. I can never do this right, but you can blow up the one that it wasn't showing because the glare. But yeah, yeah, it's funny because I never use the app on my phone. I always use it on my computer. Yeah, I always do it on the phone. So I don't think I have a computer version. Yeah, I, I just because I'm all you know how much work I do on people, it's just easier to yeah. do it that way. Um, so is there a trapped emotion? So what we're saying is there's a list here, as you can see, and there's there's two columns. It's hard to see what the emotions are, but I'm just narrowing down to see what the emotion is. Um, and so, so the first emotion is unsupported. And so then we're gonna ask if we can release that emotion. And so there's a couple different ways that we can release it. We can basically, you can take a magnet or you can take a, um, your fingers. Some people like to use a magnet, like I just pulled this, another emotion code chart where the emotions are. <laughs> yeah, worn. I mean, it's been for a while. Yeah, I had it for a while. So to release emotions, we always set the intention to release it. And then you can take the magnet and run it over your governing meridian like line your governing meridian runs from your belly button all the way up your midline and then down again so you can run it anywhere on those parts i typically because i don't feel like messing up my hair all the time just run up here and swipe up this way yeah. um there's other ways you can do it some people use wipe down their hand some people use crystals some people use a pendulum but basically setting the intention to release that emotion um so we release the emotion of unsupport as we busy is there another emotion And the other emotion is what's called wishy-washy. And the wishy-washy is essentially what it what it sounds like. It's like their their definition is weak, spiritless, undecided, without strength or character, um, to lack conviction without a backbone. You find, you have found that one in me like a handful of times. I've literally never found that for someone else. Really? Like the only person that ever traps wishy-washy. <laughs> what the hell is that? You do find it more frequently? No, I don't find I feel like that one. I now. very rarely have found that. Right. I well, and you know what's interesting is like I've had people like who who were getting certified. They're they're um that people that I work with and then want to go and get certified in this, and then they're like, Well, oh, can I do a session on you? And the way that they do their sessions and the stuff they come up with, I'm like, I don't understand. Like I never come up with that stuff. So I know. And that's where the skeptical part of me is like, is this a bunch of bullshit? Right. You know, and I, I got to admit when I had this whole thing with my bunny, I tried doing energy work on my bunny. Um, I think she had a stroke, so you can't really, energy work does not work on things quite so acute. 
Um, we will place that disclaimer, but I had a, a moment in my immediate grief of being like, it's all bullshit. That doesn't even work either. You know, oftentimes I, you know, I've been, I have a client who's been in the hospital and been doing stuff on her, but, and it's like, nothing's working. Well, it turns out that they're like, the, they effed up in the surgery. Right. So it's like, there's only so much sometimes, like if there's something physically still left in the body after surgery, like energy work can only do so much. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it gives the space for the body to heal faster. Right? Like it's going to do that, but it's not an instant, like not always like an instant, you know, oh, like yeah. you break your leg, you're not going to an energy healer, go to the hospital. And get <laughs> Don't call us. Yeah, exactly. Then we can do stuff to help it heal faster, but go yeah. get that. Um, yeah. Okay, so we release and support it. So that's it for the amygdala. So is there something else that we can release to get the safety to 10? Yes. What's always interesting about this stuff is like Devin and I were saying is like what comes up when, you know, it just it doesn't make sense sometimes. For me like why i was working on somebody earlier today and is she's having headaches and i asked if we needed to know the origin and it said yes and it's like said started around the age of 23. that's 15 years ago <laughs> but we're working on a headache today so i'm like i don't know i don't know but it but you know yeah it, well, i was working, worked on somebody last week she was she was dizzy and she's like well i think i'm gonna go to the eye doctors and then I was like, well, you want me to do energy works as a good friend? And, uh, and she said, yeah. And then the next day I checked in, she's like, yeah, I'm not, not dizzy anymore. Yeah. Coincidence? Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? But Right. So the next thing that's coming up is your manubrium, which I realized that I learned. I was always pronouncing this wrong. I was saying manubrium. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I was working with, with a client who's a doctor, and she corrected me. I was like, oh, gosh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Like how many times have I said it? Uh, yeah, a thousand times. So, so, so the next emotion is so there's a trapped emotion in her manubrium, and so just for anybody, your manubrium is this like bone right, right here. Right? So there's a trapped emotion of heartache. So oh, there you go. That's logical, right? Yeah. Um, Sadness. Scott. And grief. And that is it for the manubrium. So is there something else that we can release to get the safety to attend? So is how safe yeah, okay. So you're at a 10 as far as the safety is concerned. And so then I always ask, and again, this is just how I work with people, then I always ask, what, um, how ready is the body to release it? Is you can feel safe to release it, but you may still want to hold on to it. Like your subconscious is like, okay, I feel safe, but I want to hold on to this because I want I get something from this. Like I gain something from it. And so I'm not at all saying that you do, Deb, but but there are some right. people who they get significance from grieving. Like, oh, mm -hmm. like so hard. Don't you know what happened to me? Right. And they'll get a, what we call a secondary gain from that. Right? Right. So we want your body to be um, to be ready to release it. So how ready is Deb's body to release this grief? Zero, one, two, three, four, five, six. Shut my door. My daughter just walked in. So Deb's at a nine out of 10 to release it. And then Deb's numbers are pretty high and easy. Like, easy to work with because we've done so much work already, right? It's already open. And just because you do a lot of energy work doesn't mean that there's never a time to do more. Like, we're human. Like, things just get trapped. Right? Things, because, yeah, the things we occur. Yeah. Right. But you see that, like, it's much easier because I work on other people and we could have started off that the grief, you know, was a 10 out of 10 and the safety, it was like a 1 out of 10. So we had to work to get the safety out. You know, we have to do a couple of sessions on it. So, but you're, you know, everything in your body's like, okay, we're good. And then you just want to it. So, what do we release? So, it's taken us to our energy centers and it's taken her to her sacral chakra. So, the sacral chakra is the second, second 
Hancock, the second energy center. And the first is our root, that is all about safety. Um, and that is our sexual organs. The second is our sacral, and that is all about digestion, being able to digest and process life. Right, so you think about metaphorically, like when we are stuck in grief, it's because we can't digest what you know what we've lost. We are really experience that that is happening. So, is there trapped emotions in your sacral? Um, so, self abuse is, and basically, self abuse. What self abuse means is, lost so I can read this. Um, it includes negative self-talk, blaming the self, et cetera. And so it's not necessarily, um, it can be like abusing the body right, by eating stuff that isn't really food or like drinking. What? I think drinking is a, you know, yes. so any, any sort of medicating, right? Right. Yep. Yep. So we're going to release that. So is there another emotion that we can release? Yes. And there's heartache and that. Is there another emotion? It's crying. That. And is there another emotion? Unsupported. Getting close to that wishy-washy. I was like, not again, not again. <laughs> Unsupported. And that's everything in the sacral chakra. So is there something else that we can release to get this to attend? No. So is it ready to attend? Yes. And is there anything else that we can release that will allow Deb to process this grief? No. Okay. So what is the energetic charge of the grief in Deb, Deb's body now? Is it zero, one, two, three? Okay. So we took that down to a zero. Now here's the thing. Yeah, a lot of people get caught up in is that when we do energy work, we release this stuff and your body needs to move it out. It's just like if you have gas, this is the easiest example, right? Something is upsetting your stomach, right? And you're like, well, okay, something's not good there. And your, yeah. your nose, well, it, it has to move it out, right? It's going to move out, whether it's through gas, through diarrhea, something. It's going to, you're vomiting, like it's got to come out of your body. And so processing is when your body like moves it out. And so for I always tell everybody to drink a lot of water, just like it when you've gotten a massage to help move it out. And then to do what I say all the time is to acknowledge your feelings. Like, oh, I'm feeling a lot of grief right now. Mm -hmm. And it's okay that I'm feeling grief. Yeah. I've just you know, had two losses you know big losses and even though one was months ago i didn't get to properly do a ritual to mourn it right? yeah and i think something i don't this maybe isn't for everybody but i am a huge fan of like uh, a therapeutic bath so like um you know like i don't know what i'll i'll, I'll kind of decide what i want to put in my bath tonight but like anything you know like you can do epsom salts or um sometimes apple cider vinegar too it's kind of like a, a good cleansing in the bath or i have um a bunch of dried flowers sometimes i make um like you know i get these muslin bags make like a giant tea bag and boil it and then put that in my bath water with different essential oils and different um you know flowers or tea leaves or whatever so i'll probably do that i was already feeling like i wanted to do that tonight so I think it'll be a good like addition to this. Yeah. The emotions that came excuse me, the emotions that came up, how how do they feel for you when you heard those? Fitting. Yeah, it's interesting, unsupported. Um I think that one I can recognize for myself because you know, I I I at least in this most recent experience, so it's you know the most raw. Um, that's a hard role as a mom. I you know I don't have I don't have a partner. My I'm divorced. I mean my daughter has a dad, but like I had I don't have someone in my life right now, and so that experience like I was the one holding the rabbit when it happened. I had to tell my daughter. I had to be there. 
for her. And actually it was interesting because that night um, I, I texted um, the woman from the bunny rescue actually was on the phone with me when it actually happened. Cause we were trying to like, you know, see, yeah. you know, figure out what was wrong with the rabbit. Um, so I was actually grateful for her to be there and, and have somebody to kind of, you know, experience it with me in some way that understood what that experience was like. But um, you know, some, you know, I had different friends reaching out and texting me like, how are you doing? And, and how's Chloe doing with it? And um, I felt like she was in some ways being a little bit of a caretaker to me because I was so upset. Like she processes, I think kids in general process their, their things differently. Um, yeah. And she's experienced death of humans, of pets. Like she's experienced it a few times now. She seems to accept it more quickly than I do. Yeah. Um, which again, I don't know if that's true or, you know, tears aren't necessarily the indicator of your level of grief. Right. I just cry more, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So the, I think the unsupported one, it's interesting because I know that's one that on a conscious level is sometimes a little bit of like a pain point for me because there isn't, you know, I don't have that like go-to support person. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. So, if you're experiencing grief, and you may say, like, my grief is from years ago, I should be over this by now. Clearly, you're, you're not, so you shouldn't be, right? You just haven't found the right tools. I love helping people release this stuff from their bodies, because it gives you the space to be able to enjoy life. Like I've said, be like, oh my gosh, like, I get to be grateful. You know, for this little life that I had for an hour, you know, for a year and a half, okay? it allows you the space to be able to see things, you know, in a different way. And, and what do they say? A miracle is a miracle is a change in perception. Okay? So just to be able to look at it and, and not to be walking around crying all the time, which is not the worst. You know, crying is a good thing, but if you have not, if your emotions aren't fully really processed. Like you're just going to keep crying, keep crying, and you're not going to. Feel like, like space, get rid of the dumps so that you can cry, and then okay. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. what do you want? And, and there may be some work with you know, can be done specifically like around specifically your dad, you know, you lost your dad, you know, specifically around it, the, the trauma of having this little bunny, you know, having like in your arms, you know, that there's just that way. You know, but this is just a start, and people can see, like, even those of us who are in this work, do this work all the time, we need help, we need support, we need somebody to do work on us sometimes, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do do it on myself, but um, I think there's something powerful about having someone else see it because then it's, I don't know, I, I, I often, when I'm doing it on myself, question how much my consciousness is oh. into it. I pretty much don't do energy work on myself because I, I've probably told you the story, but it's worth repeating. Years ago, I was dating someone and I was late for my period. So I was like, well, let me muscle test. And I muscle tested that, yes, I was pregnant. And then that, yes, I was having twins. And then I got my period the next day. Like, <laughs> so I know for me, like I am a super thinker, you know, like I get in my own way. So it's yeah. so much easier for me to let, you know, I'm like, I need somebody else to do this because I do think too much, but not everybody is like that. Really great at doing work on themselves because they can get out of their own way. But most of the time when I do it on myself, I, I feel like it, it makes sense what I find or, you know what I mean? But still, yeah. I, I, I still sometimes question like, is that accurate? I don't know. The same when you do like your own Akashic Records readings and things like that. Like, is that just the answers I want to hear or are those really the answers? I don't know. No. <laughs> Hard to know. No, I'm not know. Yeah. 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 So if, if you are struggling, you know, we'd love to be able to help you. I do have to, I'm going to pivot for a second and tell you, because I didn't tell you this week, I haven't seen each other. I am starting a 10 day challenge tomorrow. That is so scary and big for me. And I'm like, i sent out an email about it earlier today. I did a Facebook. I read, I didn't read all the way to the bottom of the email because like somebody interrupted me, but I did read most of it. Yeah. 
And the, the challenge is to generate 10,000 10, or more in 10 days. And where it's not the money that's not that they like receiving that much money is not the, the scary part for me. I've made money like that before in, in that amount of time, in shorter amount of time. The, the challenge part for me is actually like talking to people at, about what I do and asking them like, hey, you know, do you need help with this? I'd love to help you with this. That scares the shit out of me. I have that roadblock right now, big time, as far yeah. as like my, this, this piece of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm very like resistant to putting it out there and asking people to pay me for it. I don't, right. that's my work to do. I have work to do. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is, you know, my work, you know, on that. It's like, it's not so much about the money. I, I've had days where I've made lots of money, but it's like my business has always been referrals. Right. And I've, I've never been like one to like go out there and really like I'll talk about it here and there, but like to really like say, hey, here's this program. Want to help me? Want to help me reach this goal? Like I hated selling Girl Scout cookies because I hated that whole like, oh, can you help me out my goal? Oh my gosh. So yeah. that's that's starting tomorrow. So y'all, I mean, if anybody watches now, you'll be hearing more <laughs> from me in the, in the next 10 days. And if I go radio silent, then reach out to me because I need my butt kicked, right? like, um, hello. <laughs> yeah, like, Heather, you're dropping the ball here. Because well, if I just, like, put my head in the sand, I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. But yeah. I, I'm going to stretch and grow and learn and become, you know, I, I want to become someone who helps and serves people even more than I do. And I need to stop hiding. You know, it's not so much about the money. It's about, like, just, you know, putting these things out there because I know that the work changes people's lives. Right. Okay. Right. That's, that's the thing with, with, yeah. Hangups about sales. Like if you, if, yeah, that mindset shift out of, I'm not trying to take your money. I'm trying to give you a very valuable service. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so even it's funny because even within that, like the grief of like grieving, like who I was, and doing business a certain way and you know in order for me to move into a next level of you know my business i have to like grieve that that part and just say okay like it's time to let go of that version of me mm -hmm. yep <laughs> but there's lots of resistance that's a resistance so first step is acknowledging it right <laughs> acknowledge when you're processing emotions acknowledge it accept it and allow it to be there like i'm feeling resistance i'm gonna let it be there i'm not making it bad or wrong like you know, i'm feeling grief right now and it's okay that i feel grief because i just lost you know someone or something that i totally loved and i'm gonna let myself feel it mm -hmm. that is something i'll say over and over and over and over again and it's true do that Clear the, clear the energy that's keeping you stuck and it's going to be so much easier. On that note, we're going to say goodbye and we'll see you guys next week. Yes, we'll actually be back on for one more week and then I think I'm going to miss a week again. But. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get there. Exactly. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs>